0: Welcome to the Wheelhouse Podcast, Andrew. We're back again for uh, <laughs> another week after the crazy week. Um, what did you learn from Week Three, man? Uh, are
1: we just not allowed to have like teams that are undefeated beyond like two weeks? <laughs> like that's just not a thing that happens anymore, right?
0: We have two undefeated teams left, Andrew. Just two already entering wow. Week Four.
1: It's the two teams we totally expected to be 3-0. and
0: Of course, the mighty <laughs> Miami Dolphins and the Philadelphia Flying Eagles. That's exactly who I thought was going to be undefeated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Man, yeah. You know, for me, uh, I definitely learned there's kind of like you. There's really, truly no great team right now. Everybody's uh, um, kind of an even playing field. There's a lot of parity right now. I believe a lot of that has to do with what we've talked about before, preseason, uh, just Lack of playing with you know, for the starters. Back in the day they used to play a lot more preseason snaps. Um, we have less padded practices now. We just generally in the league, you know, we have um ten new head coaches this year, Andrew. That's a that's a tying uh an NFL record. Um we have so many players in new places, but they haven't really, you know, played with each other that much or even practiced with each other that much. So, you know, I just think this is kind of the year where we're in right now, a lot of new, you know, a lot of faces in new places and a lot of new head coaches.
1: Yeah, I I think for me, it's two things. So to add on to your point about there's no truly great team, I think I have a good idea of who the good teams are. But there were just some really unfortunate miscues for some of those top end teams, especially in the AFC. The AFC power struggled this weekend. Like the Bills game, the Bills game, the Bills had every right to win that game. They absolutely, in every category, outplayed Miami, right. and I think they ultimately cost themselves. Uh, the Chiefs, I feel in a similar manner. Besides special teams, which they, they, they essentially pulled the Chargers. Like they played terrible on special teams all the way around, and yeah. that cost them in the end. Um, and to go picking back off of that, the thing that I really took away is climate control and like which area you're playing in. Playing in Florida in September sucks. <laughs> like it's absolutely miserable yeah. for anybody who's a North team that plays in, in Florida. It's just absolutely awful. It's muggy. It's disgusting. It's swampy. It's hot. I, I'm impressed that the Packers held on against the, the Buccaneers because typically when they go down there, they get absolutely spanked, which right. I, I kind of thought they would struggle this time and they didn't. We'll we'll get to what's going on with the Tampa Bay and their offense later on, but um, they were able to survive. The bills did not. Uh, it, it's just, it's, It's going to be the same thing, though, in December when these teams have to go travel north and they have to play in Buffalo, they have to play in in Green Bay or wherever. You know, it's like, it's just, it's all about climate. In early September, it's such a mismatch sometimes when you go down in areas like that where it's just still, it's in that sort of, like, level of humidity and heat, and it's just something you can't really practice for. Right. So I think that's something to consider as well. Is it is it trying to, you know make up for the fact that there's no preseason for a lot of these players. Absolutely. But it's also, it's definitely weather related. And it was, it was strange this weekend, especially with hurricane Ian um, bearing down on the state as we speak, which might also affect something coming up this weekend, which we'll talk about. But that, that is something that was a factor this weekend. And it absolutely came into play for a lot of players this weekend.
0: Certainly something to keep an eye on going forward, especially as we head towards the playoffs, we get winter seasons. I'm sure. When Tua goes up to Buffalo and plays in Buffalo, it'll be a little bit more difficult than playing down in Miami. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Why don't we go ahead and move to the awards, Andrew? So the Joe Harris Award, this one, this was kind of a, a tricky one this week, but I figured, you know what, let's go with somebody that's, you know, surprisingly competent. This Matt Collins from the Raiders, Andrew, drafted in 2017 by the Eagles. He actually won a Super Bowl when he was there. Uh, he went to Miami for a couple years and then now he's with the Raiders and he started picking up steam against the Cardinals, and had a couple nice plays and it has a huge game against the Titans in a losing effort. Obviously he's just the third receiver there, but he's been taking advantage of his opportunities and it, he seems like he's, he's getting a little better. He's getting some fantasy buzz. Now, is he going to put up 160 yards again next week? Highly doubt it, but you know, this is a, this is a guy that could do some things.
1: Yeah, I was really curious to see who the Raiders were going to get as their third receiver coming into the season. We knew it was going to be, I mean, it was probably going to be Hunter Renfro, although he was hurt, which played into the Hollins breakout here. We knew, I mean, I know Waller is their tight end, but he's really right. a, a second wide receiver, and then right. you had Adams. So it, was, it kind of looked like it was going to be Renfro, but then, you know, the third four slots, it seemed like it was going to be interchangeable, and I didn't know after Zay Jones left who that guy was going to be. Matt Hollins certainly has stepped up and looked really good here. And um, we can talk all about why he's kind of leading the team in receiving yards, um, <laughs> but maybe that's a discussion for another time. But at least he's doing his job and he's really picking yeah. up the slack on offense and he's helping out Derek Carr. So I think for him, this is great. Uh, I actually have a couple of people to nominate. Go for it. For my end. I can't help it. Like I did this last week. I can't help, but just give it to Detroit lions players because every <laughs> week I watch the lions, I'm like, wow, this guy's got something for him too. For me, uh, it's going to be Jamal Williams, the backup running back. Deandre yep. Swift went down with an injury. Jamal Williams. Now look, he was in green Bay. He probably got way too many carries from Mike McCarthy, who just for some reason refused to use Aaron Jones on the roster pro bowl running back. But Jamal Williams flourishes as a second running back, and he played really well for Detroit this past week. He also had an incredible touchdown celebration uh, that would make most women and children run away because <laughs> I don't know what in the world he was pulling off on the sideline—some uh, kind of gyration. But either way, he—he was really well done, uh, did a really good job. I also think. Um, Jeff Okuda is another guy that I really liked. He, he's a cornerback that was hurt all of last year. He's done a tremendous job on all the receivers that have matched up against him so far this season. So, yeah, a couple of Detroit Lions players. Again, I know I, I don't want to be a broken record every week, but I, I really am impressed every time I, I turn on and watch watch one of the Detroit Lions, like either offense or defense on the field, and there's always like a guy who's showing up and putting in some work. I like that. I like that. Any others? Uh. Not so far. I mean, I I, I like some of the some of the Miami players, but I I think I expected some of them. Like Javon Holland, I've always known he's really good. I love him. He's played at their safety role. He could have had a pick of Allen on Sunday. He didn't quite get it in his hands. Yep. I think th- th- there's there's always uh, a lot of players on the Miami teams I always liked,
0: but um, it, we'll we'll find more candidates as we go along. Gotcha. Okay, let's move on to the Mike Lennon Award then, Andrew. I nominate Carlos Dunlap, who I was surprised to see was still in the league. <laughs> drafted in 2009 by the Cincinnati Bengals, he plays with the Chiefs now. And uh, he look he had a nice uh, he had a nice little outing. He uh, caused a, a sack, which caused the fumble, and which was recovered by the Chiefs at that point. It was kind of turning the the game towards the Chiefs a little bit at that point. But uh, just to see his name called, I was like, whoa, Carlos Dunlap. I was in high school when he was drafted. So, you know, uh, good to see a Good old Carlos out there.
1: Yeah. Uh, so this is where I will go with a Miami Dolphin, Melvin Ingram. Like, oh, uh, yeah, that, <laughs> he showed up. He got he recovered a fumble. I believe he got a sack as well. He he ended up kind of causing some some trouble for Alan. Uh-huh. Uh, it's it was nice to see him again because I remember when he was healthy and he was playing really well opposite of Bosa in in San Diego slash LA. He was really good. But seeing him still out there, I mean he's going on what year 10 now, I think. He was drafted in 2012. Yeah, I mean he's been around he's been around the block. I mean this is his fourth team, but he's already seems like he's trying to contribute with the Dolphins. So I kind of I I was kind of impressed that he was able to show up there in a day where there was so much yardage to be had by the Bills. Melvin Ingram definitely caused some trouble for them. So it was it was kind of nice to see him again, but yeah, that was definitely, definitely my contender for the Mike Lennon Award.
0: I like it, I like it. Uh, Andrew, this is going to be a shocker to you. I didn't put it on my notes here, but uh, moving on to the Bold Strategy Cotton Award, I'm gonna go ahead and surprisingly give this to the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, who'd have thought, Andrew, that your uh, your marquee, you know, fifty million dollar quarterback going down would finally make you realize that running the goddamn ball is what's going to help you win <laughs> ball games. But you know what? Give them credit because they figured out let's just go ahead and run the damn ball and help out Cooper rush here. This is how we're going to this is how we're going to win football games. I just I feel like if Dak was still in there, they'd be throwing it, you know, like 40 times a game when that should come, you know, that shouldn't even be the first choice. It should always be running the ball for this team. They have two very good running backs. Um but look, they're managing really well. You know, they I know they've uh, beaten the lowly Giants and, and all that, but look, they're two and one after their quarterback going down in Game One, and we thought their season was over. They're two and one right now, and they get the Commanders, and we'll talk about them a little bit later. But you know, things are looking pretty pretty bright for the for the Cowboys right now.
1: Yeah, it's always funny when limitations like that kind of force you to do something else. Like I remember, <laughs> sure <to> be smart. <laughs> yeah, it forced you to actually strategize. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, remember, like, uh, I, I'm not saying this is the, like a parallel case, but it's, it just reminds me of this. Uh, when the saints, remember when Brew, drew breeze, like broke his ribs and Teddy Bridgewater came in right. and they went for, and they went for no, because they're like, well, we can run the ball and we can play defense, which yep. were actually really the strengths of their team at right. the time. Right. But they, but then breeze came back and they're like, all right, well, we're going to start tossing around the yards. Like breeze is old. I don't think you should be doing this. Right. <laughs> like, right. It's it's, so it kind of felt that way. It's not saying Dak isn't a good player. Like, look, I get the whole the narrative is going to be like, well, what? You know, why? Why have Dak then? It's like Dak is a good player. The problem is, is what they're throwing 50 goddamn times a game, like you're saying. And they have like their offensive line actually played really well. Like Tyler Smith actually played pretty well yesterday in run blocking. Like I was kind of impressed that he came out and was as strong as he was. But. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, they they absolutely just seem to refuse to understand that they have two really good running backs on their roster, and I still want them to keep giving the ball to Pollard, man. Like, I really believe right. in Bernard Pollard, and they're still just making the Zeke thing. Like, I think – I really think that it should be the other way around where, like, Pollard should be getting the majority of carries and, like, Zeke comes in to, like, be the third down back. That's just my – I mean, that's how I'm going to be spitballing it, but, you know – It's it's kind of a pipe dream, but that's I I do agree with that. That is pretty funny how that ended up working out for them.
0: Yeah. And, you know, even I think back on podcast number one or two of or week one, week two podcast, we brought up Tyler Smith saying, look, this guy can run block. That's the one Mm -hmm. thing he can do pretty well. So, again, it's kind of like (laughs) you would think more coaches would manage more towards your strength, not like forcing stuff to happen. But, hey, what do I know? Uh, been terrible at picking these games so far. <laughs> 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 but hey, but hey, Cowboys bold strategy there. Uh, let's go ahead and go to Cowboy Joe West Andrew. You know, it's was kind of uh, I was having a hard time finding some really egregious ones, but I did see uh, if you happen to catch the Rams and Cardinals game, I didn't happen to catch it. However, I did see on the first punt of the game, uh, Rams punt over to Rondale Moore, and the ref throws a flag right at the ball, which causes Rondale Moore to, to muff it. Um, it doesn't get any better than that. So I, I haven't found a clever nickname for Adrian Hill's crew yet. But, uh, man, that was uh, that was something else.
1: Yeah, that, that was pretty bad. I actually have one, again, not in the NFL. I have one in the NCAA. Would you like to hear mine? Oh, Please. So as is the tradition of having brain aneurysm inducing refereeing from my lovely conference, the PAC 12, I <laughs> had the pleasure of watching the Oregon Ducks square off against Washington state, which already is putting me in a bad mood. Cause I hate when my, my school has to go up to Pullman, Washington and play games there. Cause something always goes wrong or something always weird happens. Let me set the scene for you. So it's a uh, second quarter. Washington state is driving and they get a first down. They The quarterback draws back. He tries to get rid of the ball. He can't. It should be called an intentional grounding. They call the intentional grounding. The referee says it's third down. Now, in my head, I'm already thinking, wait a minute. I thought it was first down, and now it's second down, isn't it? <laughs> and I thought that he was going to correct it. He does not. Oh, so it's no. third down. So it's third and long. So what does Washington State do? They run a draw because, like, well, third and 18, we're not going to you know, we're not going to make this. Let's just do a draw and punt. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. They kick the ball away and Oregon fields it. Then there's a 10-minute delay in the game, which at this point you're like, what the hell's going on? Is there like a delay, you know, in the stadium? Is there, it's, a, it's like a drone overhead, which, by the way, that happened in Washington, the University of Washington game in Seattle. There's a drone flying over the field and they had to pause the game because <laughs> some moron was doing that. So I'm already like, all right, is this going to happen? No. Here's what happened. The referees realized they made a mistake on the previous drive Uh. by taking that down away, and they made them replay the drive. (laughs) They went back and gave them back the ball and let them redo the down. Uh. I have never in all of my years watching football seen Pandora's box open as wide as it did with that because – our. Are you kidding me? And Mike prayer is on the thing on like Fox explaining it, saying like, well, they didn't switch position yet to the other team. So they're allowed to do it. I'm like, so hold on. You're telling me that you can just replay a set of downs in the previous drive. If you realized you made that mistake, like that's insane.
0: Uh, I cannot
1: believe they did that. I am baffled. I And it's like, at this point I've seen it all with this, with PAC 12 refs. I've seen like the rainbow of things that they've done to my psyche in the last like, fifteen years, but my God, I cannot believe they actually pulled that one. That is insane.
0: I'm not surprised to hear Mike Pereira was there to cover their ass and find some yeah. sort some he's excuse. Totally he, he never, he's never going to blame the refs for making a mistake ever. I, it's great. It was beyond egregious. I, I wasn't yeah, even man. shocked. That's I was that's just, terrible. I was,
1: more, I was just mortified. I was like, I, I'm going to go into like. Epileptic shocks because of this. Like this is at least nothing happened. Like they made him, they got him to play down and punt the ball again. But my god,
0: like, man, I, I I I feel like it'd be a bigger story if people knew we actually were to watch Pac-10 yeah. games. But yeah, man,
1: exactly. It's, it should, <laughs> I'm like, this is if this happened in an SEC game. Oh my god, oh, you would yeah. not hear
0: about the end of it for the entire
1: week. It would oh, be yeah. playing on all of the circuits. It would be on. It would be on every single podcast. No one talked about it, though, because it was just some, you know, dumb Pac-12 game between my school and Washington State. It was like, OK, man, I, I was I I just I was so mad and I knew it, too. Like I I yelled like when when they replayed, they said they were going to replay the down. I yelled. I was like, I knew it. I knew they missed that down. Like I I wasn't crazy.
0: Well, since you picked up steam here, I'm going to go ahead and uh, throw you another layup. The Anthony Lin Express uh, Award. Uh, you want to go ahead and take it d- from here?
1: Yeah. Just what I need. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry, folks. I'm really not trying to be like too irate on this podcast, but this was, you caught me in a bad week. All right. Look, so look, the the chargers got absolutely embarrassed on Sunday in multiple fashions. Now, regardless of the injuries, which were many, it was a more, it was a moratorium for my team because uh, Rashawn Slater is out for the season with torn biceps. Joey Boster pulled his groin. He's day to day. You know, Jalen Guyton tore his ACL. He's out. They're they're like fourth, fifth receiver. They, uh, C- Kenneth Murray got hurt. Apparently he's gonna be okay. But like they've had a cavalcade of injuries, so that's that that all happened. Here's my thing. So one, they kept Justin Ber- Herbert in the game when it was 38 to 10. Herbert, who has a rib cartilage injury and has been getting hit in the during this game and clearly does not look okay, is being kept in. So, understandably, that's pretty questionable. So, afterwards, the media, the beat writers, kind of went after Staley and asked, well, what's going on here? And Staley's excuse was, well, Justin Herbert wanted to stay in the game and be with his teammates. What, like, what in the world convinces you that this is the right play in terms of keeping your franchise quarterback, your guy, one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, out there for any reason during a blowout, when you have a whole season to play in front of you, have 14 more games to play in front of you, and you're keeping him in. And also, he said that this is part of their long-term strategy. What? <laughs> like <laughs> what I, strategy? I what strategy? I like look. I gotta launch it. Well, okay, I gotta launch into a couple things. Here's what really miffed me about it, and what made me really upset. Like. I know you and a lot of other people have had your qualms about Staley and his methodology of going for it on fourth downs and being aggressive. Like that's fine. I I'm I will fight for it and I will understand it. There's two things that have happened this year that have really baffled me. One, they've kind of stopped doing fourth down plays. Like they've stopped going for it as fourth yeah. on fourth down as much. And I get it, they have better, better quote unquote special teams and defense this year. But the whole point of last year was that they the strategy was We have Justin Herbert. He's a great quarterback. We dare you to stop him. He's a weapon. That was the whole strategy behind it. And a lot of times it worked. It didn't always work. And sometimes the positioning on the field and when the situation called for it wasn't appropriate. But most of the time, I agreed with the methodology behind it. They've stopped doing that this year. And the other thing about it, in regards to the injury stuff, last year, Asante Samuel Jr. and Joey Bosa both had concussions at different times. Asante had like two almost back to back, and they said, all right, we need to keep him out for a while so that he doesn't get a third one, because that's really serious. Bosa got cleared to play against Cincinnati against this in that Cincinnati game. Staley kept him out of a precaution because he thought, I need to make sure his long term health is kept in check and in consideration, and we need him later in the in the season. They ended up winning that game, obviously. And I thought that's that's a great idea. Like I'm I've never seen that kind of foresight from the coach. And this is like the polar opposite. Where did Brandon Staley go? Like what I, I I like, you can say all you want about him being incompetent last year for various reasons. This is a different level of incompetence. Like I don't understand what in the world is going on with him. And it just absolutely mystifies me as to his methodology of why he thinks that it's appropriate to keep Herbert in these games when the games are clearly out of hand and you're risking his health. I just i am I'm, I'm completely mystified and my only thought is that somehow ownership lobotomized him over the offseason and told him <laughs> stop stop doing this we need to keep we need to keep the anthony lynn express going sir this is how our franchises run like i i have no explanation for this beyond that and that's just a conspiracy theory
0: before we before we move on are you in or out on staley going forward if this version of Steely, I'm
1: completely out. You can't do this. This is inexcusable. Like you can't risk the long-term health of your players and expect to do this. And look, I have to admit it. The defense hasn't gotten better. I get guys are out, but like this sucks. Like this is yeah. not helping. I can't help with it. This, this is not optimal. This can't happen. And the other thing about it too, is like, I will say this is like the fourth or fifth time that this team has just gotten completely outplayed by another opponent. Like they got blown out by Baltimore last year the Texans last year. Um, like there's just times when they just look completely lost. And it's like, what happened to the game plan here? And yeah. that looked like that against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So look, last versions of Staley, I had high hopes for, and he was learning from his mistakes and he was going to do well. This version of Staley. I mean, it might as well be an Anthony Lynn clone. Like I don't get it, man.
0: Wow. Wow. Well, yeah. That, strong comments, man. Strong comments. I,
1: I know it turned real quick and I know yeah. I'm a little bit, I'm no, a little no. bit raw. But like it, it's it's just
0: it's I, you're in the right. I just tried. It's true. Yeah. I mean, you're in the right. I, I didn't yeah. understand why he was out there. So I think we're on the same page there with who's on the Anthony Lynn Express this weekend. We'll uh, wrap yeah. up the awards with with our favorite guy, Jeff Fisher, the football guy. Yeah. You know, for me, uh, I wouldn't say that the charges were lackluster. But uh, if you want if you want lackluster, go no further yeah. than Washington, D.C., In the commies, because I mean, okay, first of all, your owner is he's stuck on Elba, okay? He's with Napoleon on Elba (laughs) Island, all right? (laughs) Number two, you have a head coach, didn't change any of his staff or anything like that. He's not even in mentioned, mentioned being the hot seat. Um, Carson Wentz, he's just out there, just like, ah, how much is, how much is do whatever? (laughs) This guy's completely just unhinged out there. Uh, just, you know, (laughs) I just feel like this is a a, a team with a bunch of guys with backward caps and, uh, the, you know, they're, they're going to be lucky to be a game below 500 at best. Uh,
1: Like the, the stat that told me everything was when it was the middle of the third quarter (laughs) and they showed the passing (laughs) yards and it was Philadelphia Eagles, 323 Washington commanders, minus one. (laughs) Like that's impossible. (laughs) That is absolutely impossible. You cannot even try to have a stat like that. Uh, nine sacks on our boy Wentz. Like he just he was a beanbag. Like he got absolutely tortured on Sunday. Uh, I, I, absolutely brutal. Offense for Eagles looked great. Defense just absolutely kicked him in the shins. It was bad. And the first points they scored was a safety. Like that's uh, how they got on the board. That's the only way they got on well, the board.
0: I guess betting against the commanders for the rest of the season will be pretty fun. Uh, yeah, is what I would say. Speaking of betting, let's go ahead and go to Week Four lines. Uh, lines by BetNow We'll start off with our Chris Berman primetime block. Sunday Bills at Ravens. Bills three points. Andrew over under fifty one and a half. What do you have?
1: Wow. Um, I feel bad for the Bills. This is another really spicy matchup. Yeah. And it's in a completely different part of the of the country. So here's the deal. I think the Bills, in every way which respect, should have won that game. Right. Obviously, I mean Ken <laughs> Ken Dorsey certainly believes they should have won that game yeah. on Sunday. <laughs> um, look, I you know this is a weird one. I want to really believe that the Bills bounce back here, but this Ravens team's playing pretty well too. Like Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen are in a duel for MVP votes bo- right now. Yeah, and look the Ravens defense does kind of scare me cause they haven't been super consistent this year so far. Right. But I also wonder about the bills ability to kind of sort of gel at this moment. I think they're a team that's still kind of learning how to play, uh, some of the, their strengths. Uh, that, and that's crazy to say, considering that they just absolutely shellacked two teams in the first two weeks of the season. But right. I, I can't believe it, but I kind of feel like I'm, going with the Ravens in this matchup. Like, I think they're going to c- cover, and I think
0: I would take the over in this
1: game. I think there's going to be a lot of points, but I, yep. I, I
0: kind of like the Ravens at home. I'm with you, actually, 100%. And I wouldn't have said that a week ago, but you have Poyer down now for the Bills. Mm. You have Oliver still out. You have Phillips out now. A lot of the defense is, especially on the back end, I mean, they're just dry. I mean, I think they... If I heard correctly, they got Rhodes, Xavier Rhodes to come in basically. Mm. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying he's terrible, but you know, he they're, they're just trying to put bodies in there at this point. And yeah. on the flip side, this might be a hot take to say, but this is actually what I believe. Lamar Jackson's playing better than, than Allen is right now in the totality of the season so far. Lamar has been playing better, I think. Um, and I expect him to outplay, um, allen on on sunday
1: yeah i mean i don't know i I don't know if i go so far as to say that he's playing better than allen i still think allen's a freakish alien i will say i mean lamar's had an incredible season from a fantasy standpoint for sure like he's been amazing on the ground and in the air but yeah that secondary for the bills is so beat up i i think lamar has every right to take advantage of that on Mm -hmm. sunday and i think that's what's going to do them in eventually so that's this is going to be really fun i mean the Bills, I mean, the Bills' schedule was going to be tough. We all knew that. And I think right. that's something that they have to reconcile going forward. And I think it's just unfortunate they have to do this right after that just absolutely brutal game down in right. Miami
0: last week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we're in agreement there. This next one is very spicy. Sunday, Jags at Eagles. Eagles, 6.5 over under 48. Andrew, who would have thought in week 4? Primetime block would include the Jags and the Eagles and this would be a saucy matchup. What do you got?
1: I love it. Uh, I I think this Jaguars team is real and I'm not just saying that because they absolutely obliterated my team last Sunday. Like Trevor Lawrence looks great. He is in rhythm. He's comfortable. He's playing well. He's hitting his spots. James Robinson. Who's the doctor that worked on his Achilles? Because that guy needs to get more notoriety. He's did an amazing job on his Achilles because James Robinson looks like for rookie rookie year James Robinson. He may even look better than he did his rookie year. He looks awesome. The defense, I mean, look, Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen is a nasty one-two duo at defensive end. This defense has some real pass rushing power. I still really love where this Eagles team is playing. I think the Jags can cover. I still think the Eagles ultimately end up winning because six and a half is a lot against this Jags team. Which again, I can't believe I'm saying that, but I love I love how the Eagles are playing. I think they're going to pull this game out. Uh, I definitely take the over. There's going to be some really good offense in this one, and just I, <laughs> it's just so funny how this is such a legit matchup.
0: I think this is going to be the biggest challenge the Eagles are going to have because here's here's kind of a big stat from the past couple weeks with the, with the uh, Eagles, Andrew. So in the past two weeks here, the Eagles have not scored a single point in the second half. Hmm. Okay. They Mm. haven't scored a single point in the second half. Uh, Now in the lions game, they did, but that was a very close one. They, they let the Lions back in. Right. But since then in weeks two and three, they haven't scored any points in the second half. I don't think that formula mm. is going to be successful versus the Jags. I, I just get the feeling that's a team that's going to keep coming, especially on offense. And uh, I my worry is for the Jags, if they're going to win this, they're going to have to be able to deal with all those receivers. Look, the one thing I'll say for the Eagles overall, just like as a team overall, man, they have good skill position players everywhere, up and down mm. the offense yeah. and the defense. And oh, yeah. give Hertz a lot of credit. He's been playing really, really well. But – I'm looking forward to seeing this game because I don't I think they're going to have to score to win this game in the second half. So uh, I'm not sure who wins, but I definitely love the Jags to cover here. And I'll I'll take the over here.
1: That's a good stat. That's that's a really good stat by you. It's not and I, have, I, 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 I no one's mentioned that, too. That's that's a really good point.
0: Well, you're going to have to score against the Jags in the second half. That's what I think if you're going to want to uh, cover and win. So if you want to accomplish yeah. both. So, um, but let's move on to another spicy one. This one I think is a little tricky mm-hmm. Sunday night. Chiefs at bucks chiefs, two points over under 45. What do you got?
1: Yeah. So here's the deal with this game. So, uh, the London game. So Minnesota's playing St. Uh, St. Louis. Um, they're playing the saints in London. Now her, as I mentioned earlier, hurricane Ian is passing through Florida right now. There is a possibility that this game in Tampa will not be playable on Sunday. There is a contingency plan that has been sent out as a memo that apparently Minnesota might be a hosting spot for this game. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So there might be some movement in terms of what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And that could drastically affect the outcome of this game because, as I mentioned, playing in Florida in September is terrible for anyone coming from the north. But if you're playing in a dome in Minnesota, very different circumstances, obviously. Right. And so if that's the case... If that, so it really is contingent on like where this game is played. If it was in, if it was in Tampa, I might feel a little more generous towards the Bucks. But I'm gonna go ahead and say if it's in Minnesota, I take the Chiefs to cover. I think they can get more fans in that stadium if they're selling tickets to it. I don't know what the deal is logistically for that, but I would imagine that Kansas City fan base is going to travel to that game. Like that's not a huge problem for them. So I would take the Chiefs to cover and I'm going to say under because this Bucks team is really having trouble on offense. Like they're clearly yep. a defensive team. They're, this is a different Bucs team in the last two years. They have shifted their focus completely from the last two years. So I, mm-hmm. I take the chiefs to cover and the under. Cause also I think the chiefs are need to figure some things out on offense, but I trust them a little bit more at this moment.
0: Yeah. I, I'm in agreement with you. I'll go ahead and take chiefs and the points and, and the under as well. I just think Tampa has too many injuries right now in offense, We'll be looking back in maybe another four weeks and see Tampa's really on a roll and start you know really you know riding with them, but not not for a little while here. They just have too many uh, injuries on the offense. But for that under that defense is still looking awesome. Uh, yeah. and, and the Chiefs they're having they're working out some kinks here. They're having some struggles. It does seem like to me, Andrew, if you can manage to take out Kelsey, which the Bucks may be able to do, it, it makes it a little pedestrian for the Chiefs. It really does. And that's kinda of what happened with the Colts. Mm-hmm. They were able to kinda of take him out a little bit, take Kelsey out a little bit. And he, he kinda of struggled with his other receivers. Uh I'm not sure if it's a trust issue or just, you know, the lack of time they've been together. But um it'll it'll be a while before it starts tightening up. But either way I like the Chiefs to cover here.
1: I think it's going to be some time before both these teams really get it rolling on offense there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of gelling to do and also with regards to the box they just need to get healthy too yep
0: yeah. yep yeah. yeah. agreement there all right let's go to the b-dubs express the watchables thursday night dolphins at Bengals. dolphins four points over under 47 what do you got
1: yeah i i would almost put this in the prime time block i think this is a really i will say this is at jersey matchup this is going to be freaking fire If the Dolphins come out, if the Dolphins come out with their teal uniforms and match with the Bengals white tiger outfits on Thursday, this is going to be absolutely fire kit from both sides. So I'm already looking forward to that. As far as the game itself, you know what? Look, this Dolphins team has played well. Their defense has played well. They've game planned very well. They've really owned the fourth quarters that they've played this season, and they've done an excellent job in the second half. I think this Bengals team is ready to kind of bust out and really do some things. And I don't know how Tua is going to respond on the road in this environment. I know he did really well in Baltimore. I like this Bengals defense a little bit more than I did the Ravens defense to adjust to some of the things that Tua is doing. I'm actually going to go ahead and take the Bengals in this game. And I think they're going to cover. And I also, I'm going to say the under, I think, I think this is the first game that Tua is really going to struggle. And I, I, I saw some things like, I mean, like I said, they, they had the ball for less than 20 minutes on Sunday. Like yeah. They got completely outplayed on on really on on offense versus the Bills defense, which is cra- crazy considering the secondary issues the Bills were having. But in this game, I, I just think this Bengals team is starting to kind of get it back together. I see the offense gelling a little bit more, and I think they're going to do a lot of good things on Thursday night. I really
0: like the Bengals in this matchup. Nice. Okay, I like it. Ballsy, I'm in agreement with the under. I'm still going to go ahead and take the Dolphins here. I I am not uh, as high on the ban- or on the Dolphins as everyone else. I think a lot of the success they've had recently is mainly to do with the defense, especially mm-hmm. last week. But I don't see a lot of the issues that the Bengals have had solved yet. I mean, yes, they beat the they beat the Jets last weekend. That's the Jets. Uh, I'm not sure. That's that's one of the few matchups. Zach Taylor is not going to be a huge disadvantage at facing another head coach. Um, so do I feel good about taking the Dolphins? But I bet it no. But I'll go ahead and take the Dolphins here. But I agree with the under. Let's go to Monday night. Rams at 49ers. 49ers favored here. Two and a half over under 42. What do you got?
1: Well, first of all, I would like to give a sincere thank you to Jimmy Garoppolo for letting <laughs> me hit my parlay last week because he decided to step out of bounds and incur a safety instead of throwing a pick six and the 49ers ended up covering (laughs) that one and a half against the Broncos. So thank you, Jimmy G for that. Um, (laughs) appreciate the incompetency. So, okay, look, this 49ers team is going to be good. They are going to have a good team. I think they're going to have everything rolling by maybe mid October. And I think they're going to need some time to gel, which is kind of a running theme on this podcast so far. A lot of these teams need some time to gel. Um the, like I know they they absolutely they own the the Rams in so many different phases yep. like they've absolutely run circles around Sean McVay and the Rams and I don't love what the Rams are no. doing on offense right now like it really scares me I really don't like it but I think the Rams are going to end up winning this game. I think it's going to be gross. Like, it's definitely, I mean, like, if this over-under was 39, I'd still take the under. Like, I don't think this is going to be a fun, this is not going to be a fun game to watch. We've been really getting some some kind of putrid matchups on, like, prime time for some of these offenses. And it's just a really unfortunate recently, but I think we're going to have a similar issue here because the NFC West, man, like, there's just going to be some drudge matches in this division this year, and I think this is going to be another one of them. But I take the Rams to cover in the under.
0: Yeah, I'm in total agreement. Uh, I, I, it's it's odd to me the 49ers are are our favorite in this game, uh, but yes, I'm in agreement with you. Let's go ahead and go to the Phil Sims. Bland bananas, barely watchables. Sunday morning in London, Andrew. Vikings at Saints. Vikings two and a half over under forty three and a half. What do you got?
1: Okay, question. Does this count as a primetime game for Kirk? No. Okay, then they'll be fine. So I'm taking the Vikings to cover the under. <laughs> that's that's what I got. That's that's, that's, I got. My, that's how I make my decisions based off uh, the Vikings.
0: I, I think I think it's just going to go well for him because not that many people are going to be watching on you know West you Coast go. time. I'll, so. I'll be
1: I'll be barely awake.
0: <laughs> right yeah yeah i mean i'll i'll be awake but i mean I, i'm two hours ahead of you so there's that yeah um okay i think we're in agreement there i i just can't i can't do another week with Jameis winston i just can't
1: yeah um, i think i think the experiment's over i i agree that's yeah. it's it's too much
0: yeah can't i, I can't I, I couldn't advise anyone that like yes i believe if i put money on Jameis winston that <laughs> i would win i i can't do it andrew can't do
1: it I, i'd be like did you lose a bet to make this bet that would be my that,
0: that that would be my question. Are you trying to get into debt? Um, <laughs> let's move on to Titans at Colts. Colts three over under forty two and a half. What do you got here, Andrew?
1: Well, you know, look, this AFC South is a real struggle, and I think it's such a benefit to a team like the Jaguars that this is going on right now because they really have a legit shot to win this division. I think, but. Yep as far as the teams in this game go. Well, you know, look, I know Derek Henry got, got it going a little bit last weekend, not a lot, but he started to show right. some signs. He's still not his dominant self. I don't know if he'll ever will be like that foot injury was really brutal. And I don't know if he's going to get it together, but I, I just, man, this Colts offense is so tough to watch. Like Maddie ice is just <laughs> a turnover machine right now, man. He's ice cold. And I, I don't really get some again, like, the funny thing is is like as far as fourth down decision making goes, like as I was saying, like Staley's abandoned them. Uh Frank Wright clearly hasn't yet. And sometimes it's really like blown up in his face with this team. I don't think this is a team that could do it right now. And the biggest problem I have with them is their line. Yeah. Like their line yeah. play has been really bad. And I don't get it. Why is their offensive line not playing better? It really it absolutely baffles me as to why that is. I think this game goes under and man, like I know the Colts are coming off a really emotional win against the Chiefs, but I, I got to think the Titans probably come in here and win. It's not going to be, again, it's not going to be pretty. I know it's not like a broken record, but I don't think it's going to be another like pretty matchup this weekend. So I'll, I'll take I'll take Titans in the under.
0: I can't stare in the mirror and say I'm going to go ahead and, and take uh, Colts with Matt, Matt Ryan and uh, what's the name of the head coach for the Colts? It's escaping me right now. Frank Wright. Frank, yeah. Frank Reich, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I can't look at the mirror and say I'm going to go ahead and gamble on Matt Ice and uh, Frank Reich right. right now. I just can't do yeah. it. E- if, even if look, if the Titans, if the Titans were <laughs> favored by three, I would take the Colts here. OK, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't like either of these teams, but there's no way I'm going to take the Colts with three points over a division rival. Can't do it, Andrew. I'll go ahead and take the Titans at the under here.
1: I think I'd have an easier time saying Candyman in the mirror three times than I would saying yeah. that, Frank, that. That I'm gonna bet on Manny Ice and Frank Frankie. Biggie Wright.
0: Smalls, Biggie, Biggie Smalls, Biggie Smalls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's go ahead and go to this one. It, it's kind of spicy, but it's still a bland banana. Uh, Commanders at Cowboys. Cowboys three points over under forty two and a half. What do you got?
1: A spicy banana, you say?
0: Uh, spicy I, banana.
1: So I'm assuming Cooper Rush is playing in this game, which means that the Cowboys are going to execute their same game plan that they've had (laughs) the last two weeks, which is still better than any game plan that the commanders are going to come up with. So yes, I am taking the Cowboys to cover. I'm going to say the over. I think there's going to be enough points because I think Wentz is going to do some garbage time stuff in this game, but man, he's going to be running for his life again. Like this sucks. Like he's going to be absolutely, uh, it's going to be so miserable.
0: Let me give you another outline. over under three and a half uh, passes up for grabs for an interception from Wentz over game easily. Uh, Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's also why I'm picking the Cowboys. Yeah, I I definitely see a a Diggs interception or at least at least an interception or two in this game. Uh, Wentz, he just yeah, he's just completely off the rails. Um, Yeah, Cowboys here.
1: I want I want Trayvon Diggs to at least. Acknowledge, or maybe even donate part of his paycheck to Micah Parsons because Parsons is the reason he gets these just absolute garbage balls thrown up to him sometimes. Oh yeah, like he he owes Micah Parsons and Dexter Lawrence for that
0: matter. Um, Yeah, Micah Parsons top five NFL player
1: right now. Yeah,
0: for sure, no bones about it. Um, all right, last of the bland bananas here: Cardinals at Panthers. Panthers one over under forty two and a half. This is definitely one of just like most. I mean, it's barely. I mean, honestly, in a, in a vacuum, it's an unwatchable game. But with the other shit we're about to mention to you in a couple of minutes here, this is the last of the barely watchables. But uh, Andrew, what do you got?
1: This is like the last banana that's just browning, and you're like, "This is barely. Yeah. This is barely <laughs> edible." And I and if I don't eat it like in the next like six hours, it's gonna be bad.
0: I exactly.
1: I I think. Look, I don't want to put too much stock into the Panthers. They're just kind of this like middling team for me. I, I'm actually going to go with them in this game. Um, I, I, I I just cannot stand to watch this Cardinals offense. It is like so painful to watch them play on offense. The Panthers, at least I'm like, well, you got some skill position players. Maybe McCaffrey will do something. Maybe like one of these receivers will bust out. You know, I, I like, I like the Panthers enough. To do something, I'm taking the under, but I'm going to take the Panthers to cover in this game and win. But man,
0: yeah, uh, this is rough. I, I, I'm only going Cardinals because Kyler can, at the end of the day, still run around and do crazy shit. Sure. And I kind of feel like every other week, you know, the bad one week, the next week they do something, following week they suck again. This is probably the this is the kind of opponent they typically play well against, you know. So I'll, I'll go ahead and take the Cardinals here, and I'll take the under with you. I I feel good about the under. Yeah, uh, but yeah, either team I don't care much for
1: ba- battle of battle of Oklahoma Heisman winners too, I guess. So. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it sure doesn't feel like it.
0: No, it sure does not. All right, Bridge to Nowhere Sunday Bears at Giants. Giants three points over under thirty nine. What you got?
1: I, this is like Bears Texans last week. Like it's I, I, I don't even know, man. <laughs> I look this Giants O not good. Like, it's, it's, I feel bad for Daniel Jones. He was absolutely miserable on Monday, and I don't think most of that was his fault. I'm actually going to give him, like, a benefit of the doubt because this offensive line was so bad. I think, so bad. Th- this, this Bears team. Evan
0: Neal, they drafted terrible. Yeah. Fucking terrible.
1: Like, <laughs> well, like, Andrew Brown, Brown like, every the The whole Gettleman era was just absolutely destructive for oh, this team. Awful. And I feel, I, I feel kind of bad for Giants fans for that. But like, look, this bears team, this is going to suck. Cause they're going to go three and one. And like, this is going to be this thing where it's like, Oh look, they got a, they got a shot. And it's just like, they've had the just softest schedule and some of the incompetence like that 49ers game, obviously like that was just offensively incompetence from the 49ers in the second yeah. half. But man, the 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 draw they've had from their schedule is so damn lucky. I, I think they're gonna win this game, and I think it's gonna be an under. I I want to believe more in the Giants, but I just can't with this offensive line. It's so bad, and I think Brian Dable is gonna be tearing his hair out. All. Well, that's like, excuse me, he doesn't have any hair, so maybe he'll be tearing out his his chest hair because like it's gonna be so <laughs> bad watching this offense function all year, and it's not yeah. his fault. I think he's a good head coach. I just think he has nothing to work with on offense with the. Oh tests. yeah,
0: it, it's it's a limited roster, but uh, I definitely I see an, another Surface Pro coming his way in the future. Uh, but, yeah, I'll go ahead and take the Bears <laughs> and the under here as well. Uh, let, let's keep let's keep going on the yeah. bridge to nowhere, Andrew. Seahawks at Lions. Lions four and a half over under 50. What do you
1: got? Oh, man, come on. Let's go, Lions. This is it. I, I think they're actually going to cover this game. And I think they're going to go. Yeah. I actually think they're going to go. I think they're going to go over. I think they're going to score a lot of points. I think the Seahawks can do some things on offense. Not a lot, but I think Geno is like. Fairly confident. I think they're going to do a few things like throwing to their tight ends. But I really like this Lions team, man. I I, th- I feel bad. They, I think they should have won in Minnesota last week. Uh, just did the end of game just didn't work out for them. They missed a field goal and then they gave up the touchdown pass to Kirk and they didn't have enough time. But I think they yeah. are legit going to win this game and I think they're going to look good on like their offense has looked really good, like legitimately really good on and multiple facets so i I like him here i like him to
0: cover and i think i'm gonna actually take the slide over i like the under here but only because i don't think the seahawks will be able to put up much points I, i think this is going to be a total lines domination at home i think they cover uh i i think they overwhelmingly win on both sides of the line their defensive line is going to win their offensive line i think is going to control everything and Say what you will about Jared Goff, but when he does have protection, he does kill the other team, typically. If he has protection, he's really good. I think he's going to get protected very well in this game, and I think the Seahawks are just going to get heavily scored on, and they just won't be able to muster much of response. Um, all right. Browns at Falcons. Browns one and a half over under 49 and a half. What do you got here?
1: Man. Like, I know the Falcons aren't good, but I mean, I, I can use alliteration with them. They are the Frisky Falcons like this team. Oh,
0: they are. And
1: they got they got some fun weapons like this Drake London guy from USC has been really good. He's he's looked really good on the offense. They're finally throwing the pits. Cordell Patterson had like one hundred and forty three rushing yards last week for uh, one hundred forty one. Yep. Excuse me. And he looks great. I mean, he's a multifaceted weapon. Mario is like fine. But like as long as he doesn't make any mistakes, they play pretty well. And I really like their offense a lot. I Look, the Browns, they got their run game. I think they're going to be playing from behind in this game, and I don't trust them to play from behind. I think that's kind of my biggest issue I have with them right now. So I think the, uh, the Falcons win, and I, I'm i actually going to say under here. I think this is actually going to be, like, really close, but it's hard to – it's like a coin toss. Like, it could be – I could see it, like, being 50 points, but I could also see it being, like, 49. It's kind of an evil of under. I would stay away from it, but I do think the Falcons can win at home.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, In fact, I'm going to go ahead and and, uh, take the Falcons here and uh, cover. I think they actually win this one, but, you know, go ahead and just put they cover. I like the over. Uh, Falcons have covered every game so far this season, Andrew. Yeah, they have covered every game so far. Yep. The frisky Falcons. Okay, it's I think I think our frisky teams this year. It's the Lions, the Jags and the Falcons right now. Those are the teams we probably want to hone in on a little bit here. Uh, they've just, the Lions obviously screwed the pooch. Now I have to look at what the spread was again, but the, the, the Falcons, they've been covering every week. And besides week one, the Jags have been, uh, pretty much covering everything. They were in position to cover week one. They just kind of blew it. Uh, but I think those are, those are our frisky teams this year.
1: Yeah. Well, the Lions were plus seven last week at the beginning of our podcast. So they did cover, uh,
0: they just, okay, lost, good, but they did cover. Yeah. Good, 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 good. Okay. Well then the Lions, they've been covering every week too, then. Um, so that's, that's good for us. All right, Andrew, we're really, uh, we're really about to get into a real hurricane here. Montezuma special, uh, Sunday, your chargers at the Texans chargers getting five points here over under 44. What do you got?
1: Do I have to say anything more?
0: Like I, I
1: <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of, it was sad, funny that I came into the season thinking, wow, this Texans game is going to be a revenge game which already puts me in a a sour mood. But look, (laughs) look, look, man, look, I I just I don't know where this team's at. They're not healthy. They're not well coached right now. I I just don't really see much of a path for them right now. Like they're I think they're screwed. Like I really believe that I hate saying that in week four. But like especially with a team with this this much talent, this much talent this team with all these different like all pros and pro bowlers and all this stuff like yeah it just it doesn't feel good man like i i mean i really don't want to say like the season's over because it's not there's 14 games left but it just does not feel good man i i don't like it i i don't i think the texans cover and i think they win I think the Texans win this game and I'm taking the under. I don't trust them. I just don't trust. I don't trust the Chargers right now. I don't. I straight up don't. They yeah. they, they, they look lost. They sound lost. They look yeah. lost. They're physically just completely beat up. I can't.
0: I can't take it. Honestly, I can't trust them right now. Uh, I, I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm not going to say that the uh, Chargers lose, but I definitely like the Texans to cover here big time. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, for the tech. Listen, I'm going to call it the Lovey Smith special. They cover and guess what? They still find a way to lose. and so they get that first overall pick and yeah. screw up uh, Bryce Young's life too. So- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yep. Dude, they, they have this p- to perfection. They have this to perfection. They look, I'm going to look at their, their stuff. Okay. They covered week one. Uh, they, they, let me, let me check some of these spreads, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, they, co- they covered week two, and then, let's see, last week. They may not have covered last week with the Bears. Let me look at was the it spread. Two, was it two was. and a half?
1: If it was two and a half, they didn't.
0: Let's see. Yeah, it depends on which sites. Uh, so Caesars had it at three. I don't remember what bet now had at the time when we went on but yeah so still you know like they are they're in every game right they're they're in every game and they still find a way to lose like lovey smith gets them there and then all right it's been 55 minutes time to get Bryce Young <laughs> and the, they fuck it up so that's why I'm not sure I'll go ahead and take the charges to lose straight up but uh Texans to cover in the under for sure yeah uh, and like you said, right now, I can't really trust this team for a myriad of reasons. Yeah. Uh, all right. Sunday, Jets at Steelers. Steelers, three and a half over under 40 and a half. OK, here's my other frisky thing for the year, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Anytime the Steelers are in a matchup against another shitty team, let's go ahead and take the under every time. <laughs> every time. Pretty much most of the matchups the Steelers are in. Let's go ahead and take the under. Yeah. I just don't see how any of these teams both score. 20 points. I mean, and they keep wanting, and they keep wanting, they keep want, uh they just, they refuse to not roll Mitch Trubisky out there, which I don't understand. Yeah. And of course, uh, t- say what you will about the Steelers team right now, Tomlin is going to coach circles around this Jets team. So, yeah, I- I'll take the Steelers in the under here, by the way.
1: I don't get Tomlin's ego with this. Like, I I've- I usually agree with him, but I have no idea what he's doing here. Like, just, I look, I get he's a, a rookie, but Pickett seems to have shown flashes of it of like potential. We know what Trubisky is. He's he's capped. Like we know what he is. This is it. You I mean, you just look at how the receivers interacted with each other on this sideline last week against oh, yeah. like Claypool and Pickens were not having it. Like they're just like, This guy nope. is a bum. Like we can't have this guy <laughs> throw. This guy cannot <laughs> throw to us anymore. You say what you will about you know about their ego or whatever, and I get it. Like receivers could feel that way, but also I think receivers to a point could just be like, "This guy is not throwing me catchable balls. Like this sucks." Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that's that really that really hurts your your chemistry as an offense. So I, yeah, I, I I'm gonna go ahead and take the Steelers in the under here too. But man, this is this has got to be the last week they have Trubisky out there. They has to be. This can't go on any
0: longer. You know, I I I think. I think he's just doing this, Tomlin. One, obviously, he sees what he has in picket in practice, right? And very familiar with this player. I think two is also like this is not a season that they're really going to be a contender. Sure, it it just isn't. So why even put this guy out there? I I kind of I kind of get it. Like it just looks bad because it's MVP Mitch, you know, two time Nickelodeon champion. But uh, or most valuable <laughs> Nickelodeon player, whatever the fuck that award is called. Yeah, the, yeah, but
1: Nickelodeon valuable player. I can't remember, but
0: yeah, the, yeah, the the MVP. Yeah, the MVP. uh But uh, it just looks bad because it's MVP, Mitch. But and we always want to see the new thing we haven't seen yet. But I, I kind of get it. I I would just wait and see. We may we may see pick it out there pretty soon. We'll see how this jet game goes. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the last couple here for the special Sunday. Broncos at the Raiders. Raiders two and a half over under 46. What do you got?
1: Man, I, look, I still I still just absolutely de- despise watching this Broncos offense. Like, again, it's, it's such a mess. I don't know what happened to Russ. I, I wonder if it's just like somebody sent out a photo today. It was just like Russell Wilson on – the Denver Broncos, and it was a picture of McNabb when he was on the Washington Redskins. <laughs> I was like, damn. That's not too inaccurate. Um, It's not. <laughs> it's pretty no, bad. He, it's pretty bad. He's I, bad. Well, I yeah, but, like, I don't understand why he's, like, I get, I, I mean, part of the reason I get why he's bad, but also I'm just like, this sucks. Like, this is not the rust that happened, like, even last year, even before he got hurt. It sucks. I don't know, but he, I would think that, yeah. like, I, if they're going to have trouble scoring, at least the Raiders, I feel like, can score some points. So I at least give them yeah. a chance to win this game. And I think they cover. But man, like, it's like, this is really, really tough. And I, this whole AFC West is, it's crazy to me that it's this much of a mess. Disappointment. It's such disappointment. a disappointment. This whole division is just an absolute disappointment. I mean, I thought it was going to be more like everyone was going to be taking bites out of each other and beating each other up. I mean, this Broncos team feels like an 0-3 team. They're two and They're 2-1. and Like, I, I have no idea. Yeah. How, and your team, like, I know they're 0-3, but, like, I would have at least thought they would get one win by now. And I
0: think they're going to get their first on Sunday. But, like, this has just been so top to watch. Hopefully. I mean, I don't feel good. I don't feel good about the Raiders right now. I'm still going to take them to cover, and I'm going to take the under here. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard to say an 0-3 team is going to cover but then the Broncos are definitely like i mean they are just not a good team. They are lucky to be 2 and 1. Yeah. Lucky to be 2 and 1. So, yeah, it's it's a poopy game that's for sure. Uh the last one here, this one's kind of fun actually. It's just not going to be a very watchable game. Patriots at Packers. Packers 10 points. 40 and a half, Andrew. I'm just going to go ahead and make it very easy. I'm going to go ahead and take the Patriots to cover here in the under. I know Mac Jones is out, but uh, that's a lot of points to be giving the Packers, who are pretty inept at scoring themselves right now.
1: Mm. That's a lot of faith to put into Hoyer the Destroyer, who, by all all means, I like him. But, uh, look, I'm going to throw my way behind the Packers and say the cover. I know it's a lot of points against the Belichick team, but I just don't like this Patriots a lot offense. Of points. I know, I know. But I, I I actually think the Packers are figuring things out and I think they're gonna be fine on Sunday. I liked in the cover and I actually like the the um I might like the over on this one actually in a weird way. Here's what I want though. Huh here's here's what I want though. I don't want to see Brian Horrier anymore. I like him, but I don't want to see him anymore. <laughs> I love you, buddy, but no, I can't do it. Who I want to see, I want to see Bailey Zapp. I want to
0: see that guy out there. Do you know about him by any chance? Yeah, I I know about him. Uh, I don't think Belichick wants to put him out there.
1: I know. Uh, (laughs) Bailey Zapp was – for those of you who don't know him, look at his stats from last year at Western Kentucky. He was absolutely out of control last year as a passer. He had an incredible season for them last year. I really like his skill set a lot. He's probably too young to get in there, and I know he's a rookie. I just would like to see him. But, you know – I. I, I, I'm always the I'm the eternal optimist. optimist. I'm the guy that's like I want to see right, I want right. to see the new person. I want to see someone else out there because I'm always like I'm I'm just a uh, uh, look I'm a I'm a horror for QBs. Like I just want like more QBs to get out. I probably have a little grunism in me where I'm just like I always fall in love with the next quarterback. But like that's kind of, that's just kind of how I am. But I hey
0: Peterman's on the market, man. The if he gets signed up to the Chargers, that's
1: true. He is. That is. If Jay Daniels isn't getting out there, let's get the Peter Man out there. Let give give uh give the iPad to Herbert for a couple minutes. All right, <laughs> I've said my piece. I think
0: <laughs> I think so. Uh, Andrew, as always, thanks a lot, man, for uh, for doing this, and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch up next week. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go take some anger management classes.
0: Sounds good. I, I'm gonna go ahead and listen to REM by myself. Hope we don't go 0 <laughs> four. <0-4. laughs> All right, everybody. See you next week.
1: Later, man.